Lift every voice and sing Till earth and heaven ring Ring with the harmonies of liberty Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies let it resound loud as the rolling sea what's going on out there all our kings and queens welcome to another episode of the wakonomy nation podcast I'm your host, Isaki, joined by the homie Hook. What's going on, bro? How you doing, man? I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm sorry. I had to wake up a little bit, you know, <laughs> half sleep, middle of the day. It happens all the time. <laughs> nah, it's all good, man. Um, Just another day, another dollar out here in these streets grinding, you know, trying to do my thing. Outside of that, today's podcast is our second one in this Black History Month, I guess, series that we have. What are we going to be talking about yes. today, Hook? Uh, and is anime or not? Uh, I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do. Uh, is we're, we're talking about the boondocks. So, yeah. That's what, <sighs> that's what we're doing. This okay. Time. Okay. We going there. Yeah. This is going to be a fun one. As, as Hook said, we're going to take you guys on a journey of what we think about the boondocks. And I know a lot of you out there may or may not think the boondocks classifies as an anime but before we even get into that and give you what our opinion is let's talk about the news first this is time for everybody's favorite segment draw your sword and keep it sheath guess who's announcing the news this time it's a little, so, it's uh, a little different this time i mean nervous can't breathe you don't you don't have to be because <laughs> you don't have to be because you know i i'm i think i'm pretty cool i actually give you multiple choices you know, you tried me that one time when you were like, oh, you just got to draw your sword on this one. Because it was important topics. I knew you were going to pick and choose. And I was like, nah, I need to know. The people need to know your opinion because you be trying to hold back. Be all conservative. Anywho, just don't do not do the same for this one. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a choice, but I need you to, you know, be bold. Stand in your opinion. I mean, I, I do that. We'll, we'll see. First and foremost... For those who may be new to the Wakaname Nation podcast, draw your sword and keep it sheath. That's the segment where we give each other a choice on what we want to talk about. Draw your sword means let's talk about it. Keep it sheath means let's move on. So Black Clover, let's start out with that. <laughs> I know how you feel about Black Clover. Best anime. I lost his neck, man. The animation is what kills it for me. I'm sorry. Yeah. But Black Clover, they're taking a break on a manga which is, I guess, kind of disappointing for a lot of fans. Also, Haiku is also, like, taking I'm, a break. I'm, I mean, I'm just going to keep it sheath. You can move on to the next topic. Though. I mean, you can finish it out, but I'm, I'm, I'm keep it sheath. Finish it out, though. Wow. <laughs> Come wow. on, finish it out. I I was just going to ask, how do you feel about all these all these animes going on? You know, one or two week hiatus, but next I'll topic. move on. Yeah, thank you. Wow. <laughs> 
Bad Boys for Life. It premiered a few weeks ago, maybe three, four weeks ago. Did you get a chance to see it? Is it better than Bad Boys 1 and 2? I'm I'm draw my sword, so I'm officially draw my sword. Um I wouldn't say it's better, but it fits and it makes sense cuz I don't feel like a sequel or a following movie can be better than the original. Mm. But yeah, it was it was good. Uh Bad Boys 3 has been top of the bit of of the uh top for 3 weeks in a row. So, I mean, the box office is saying it's a good movie. I watched it. I, I hope you watched it cuz if not then that's a problem. But um, I'm not trying to spoil anything or not, but it it was different and it didn't pick up where it left off at. So it left room for it to to grow and mature and leads to like a different option and things like that. All right, homie, before we move on, I asked, was it better than the first and second one? I'm well, I don't think it's better. I, I clearly said that I don't think a sequel can 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 proceed its original. But yeah, no. OK. It was, it was good. It's, it's been top three. It's been in top for like three weeks. So, I, oh, this is tough. I I agree. Choose choose your words carefully, sir. I don't think Sorry, it was hold, better. Put together. Um, oh, okay. yeah. I don't think it was better, but I really really enjoyed it, and it was very close to being like, I guess my favorite one. The one thing that kind of I guess was a low light for me was the acting. And the stunts, they weren't as great as the first movie. Definitely not I mean, the first movie. Like 20 years older, dog. I don't think they got it in them like that. Like, Hey, they can hit the gym. How, how old is Will Smith? He's probably 50 years old. But but I thought that was nice that they actually, like, they actually, like, kept up, like, they weren't, like, these super fit police officers, like, 20 years into the future. Like, That's he was true. ready to retire. And then even though they continued that for those 20 years, like, yeah, he's still ready to retire. That's true. Good point. Well, I I enjoyed it. Definitely wasn't better than the f- first one or the second one, but it was a good movie nonetheless. Moving on though, Kingdom the anime, they they like had a preview or a sneak peek in their stream of like season three where it like showed some new characters. Are you excited about this? You want to draw your sword or keep it sheath? Keep it sheath. Just, just so you know, I have not watched Kingdom because I saw their, their their 3D animation and that throws me off every time. Mm. Well, you said keep a sheath. Let's move on. Netflix is up in their anime catalog. They have just put on Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon? Hmm. Do you think Netflix is going to surpass Hulu as being one of those like OG streaming services, but one where a lot of avid anime watchers can go to. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna draw my sword because when I started first watching anime, I started watching with Netflix, and that was when they, you had to get the disc. And I was watching like Bleach and Naruto, and they, they were sending it that way. So it was my original form of getting anime. But like over the years, I've drifted away from because Netflix has gone more into like I don't know their their own originals even though that's a good thing, but they haven't kept up with the anime side of it. So I've drifted more to Hulu and Hulu's had all the stuff like, like, like having, having that, uh, having it around to pick up girls in the dungeon. Like it's already on Hulu. Like I've already watched it. So, I mean, even though it's on Netflix now, I feel like Netflix is trying to catch up in a market where they've probably been left. So maybe, I mean, they can try to catch up, but I feel like at this point, Netflix should focus on their own originals, try to get back that way and then slowly build that up but they're not going to catch up just instantly. It's going to take time. Mm. 
that is a good point. I think Netflix, uh, I agree with you. I think they're catching up right now. I don't think they'll surpass Hulu. I think Hulu did it the right way. They have like a partnership with Funimation, which is one of the major English anime like streaming services. So because Hulu has that partnership with them, they get a lot of content that way. I think for Netflix to really make a dent in a game and catch up, they need to do some partnership with maybe maybe um the HBO Now or Universal service where they can share content through Crunchyroll, but we know that's pretty much dead and not going to happen. Just curious, though, how to pick up Girls in the Dungeon. I have not watched that show, but I know that's like one of your favorites. If you had to give, give, give me and our listeners, all the kings and queens out there, a like 30 second or 15 to 30 second spiel on why this anime is as good as you claim it is. All right. So the anime is about, it's not like, it's sort of like, it's not a love story. It's an action anime about this boy who wants to be a hero and, and his time training into a dungeon, like every day, like, like the monsters reappear and it's your job as an adventurer to adventure through like the levels and stages to like collect coins and move your rank up. So, uh, he, 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 uh, originally like he was trying to take on some boars and he lost to a girl. And in that fact, he learned that he liked that girl. So he's been trying to train so he can become strong enough so he could finally, you know, be with her and protect her and be the person she wants. And it's pretty interesting. I like it. Uh, it's pretty like, it's not a love story, but it's good. I'd, I'd watch it again. Okay, I see. It almost, I think it had the best fight scene two, three years ago. Okay, so it does sound like it has some good action inside yeah, of yeah. it. It's mainly action. It's, there's not much love. Oh, I might be able to rock with it then. Yeah, I, I sort of endorsed it. That's all you need, right? <laughs> so we're going to move on. Oh, and also, I'm sorry to go back on this Netflix thing. Netflix has been taking losses. For like a while, like they lost Marvel when Disney Plus. So I, I feel like Netflix has to do something because they're falling. They used to be the lead, and now they're just falling behind slowly and surely. Mm. But yeah, moving on. One more movie topic we have for you coming to America too. Mm. Are you um, excited? Are you going to see this, or you think this is a little overhyped and you think it's gonna pretty much be trash? I'm gonna draw my sword. Um, I don't think it's overhyped. I just don't. I don't know. I feel like they've already recorded it, and I don't want it to like. I don't want it to follow behind what it it did so many years ago. Like that movie was great then, needs to change, have something new now that it still connects it, but not the same thing. So I'm excited for it. I just don't want it to, you know. I, I think it is a little hype, but I'm interested to see because these are great actors. Like when you fight, when you have great actors that play roles. And they, they want to evolve with the role as well. They don't want the role to stay the same. Like, as they grow, they want to change the role as themselves. So, yeah, I'm going to watch it. Good point. Mm, I don't know. I think Coming to America, the original was really good. I kind of see it as one of those, like, movies that you just don't touch. I will say this, and this is kind of off topic. Nostalgia is making so much money. And what I mean by that is... A lot of the content that we're seeing in movies and a lot of the TV shows even that's um, coming back out are kind of like revamps of what we had in the past in the 90s or early 2000s. I don't know how I feel about that. I love storytelling. 
And although as far as themes are concerned, there's nothing new under the sun. I think there's a lot of different ways you can tell stories. And that's one of the things I, I enjoy about anime. There's a lot of new stories and different stories that are told. Shonen, for the most part, are kind of the same, but the actual type of shows we get are starting to, I think, get even better. So, yeah. Speaking of I mean, nostalgia. I mean, oh, no, I was going to say, like, even though like there's theories, like, each story is more of, like, a bard, like, there's and there's one original story but there's different ways of creating that story or there's different ways to change it so you know with new times and updating the story like it does create something new and 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 and, and, and the nostalgia sort of plays off of it and makes us want to tune into it a case in point like power empire like those aren't new shows but you always want to tune in and watch them no matter what every sunday i see i see i get your point Speaking of shows and how nostalgia sells, there's been rumors, a lot of rumors about a new season of Boondocks. And I mean, we don't officially know when that's going to happen or if it's going to happen. But what we do know is as a part of this Black History Month, I guess, series of podcast episodes, we wanted to talk about it. So what is the Boondocks? So it's a show that like, aired i believe when did it start hook was that back in like 2005 yeah okay no it was it was like a late night show and uh it was it was an adult it was catered towards more adults and you know thinking about it now yeah it was catered to adults but it touched on real topics and it was really funny uh it's about three well two characters it was huey and, and, and riley freeman they were uh taken in by their grandpa and then they live in these suburbs and they live out the stories and some of the topics are funny <laughs> some of them are based off real characters but like it's funny in each episode you can see a disclaimer on like hey this isn't about you but if you feel that way then i'm sorry but i don't need to be jumped in the club <laughs> <laughs> yeah seriously like for those who haven't watched the boondocks i encourage you like check it out um check out a few episodes from season one two or three season four i would ignore there are about four seasons wow yeah, and decent. There's there's, there's hit or, there's hit or miss episodes in there. Yeah, I I just it, it wasn't for me. <laughs> it just wasn't for me. But overall, as Hook was saying, the Boondocks it follows a few characters in their lives, and it sort of has a satirical or it's basically satire, and it uses comedy to kind of critique or analyze certain themes in Black culture. So it's pretty funny. I would say as far as how like R-rated it can go, it's similar to South Park, the South Park that we all know and love. <laughs> but it it's it's pretty ratchet. It's, it's, funny. it's pretty I awesome. remember I remember when it first came out, like that was like the right hood to I I was in middle school, yeah. So uh like I know I had my bedtime. I, I couldn't step and watch it even though I tried, you know. I, I tried so many times and then like Eventually, like people, like friends in school, would like record the episodes. Like this is back when, like you could record on your phone, but you didn't have the camera, so you just had the audio. Like every morning before class, we would just listen to it, and I'm just like, "Word, sounds funny." Da da da. Even though without the uh, actual visual, like I was like, "Man, like watching watching the Boondocks through audio was was like something that I remember being in school." Yeah, I I think that was that's a really good point. I couldn't watch it. Uh, unless like I I had the volume all the way turned down or had my headphones in, 
like watching it on like a phone or a laptop or something. Like when I say this show is ratchet, yeah, it is ratchet. Like South Park goes there, but Boondocks really goes there. I, I wouldn't call it ratchet, but it was it was just that is ratchet. <laughs> but it's a it's a good ratchet because like I said, like it's a critique of it's a critique and uh analyzation and a very good way of different aspects of black culture. And yeah, I, I love it because of that. Um I have a very <clears throat> I guess I have a very interesting overall opinion about the boondocks and how I feel about it. I like you love it, right, Hook? You this, yeah, yeah. This is I mean, I mean, but that brings me a question to myself, like, because I know like the boondocks came on late at night, like that's when like anime episodes and everything was coming around there. So would you consider the boondocks an anime per se, or you are you just like mm. so definitely not an anime. But I don't want to. Is it's it's in that category? Boondocks and like Avatar, The Last Airbender. I think are in that category where they're like in between an American cartoon and an anime. And what's the difference? Um, in my opinion, it's that one anime is like produced by a Japanese like studio, and it has like it has a particular style. And it is very distinct to what you would find in like animated shows in Japan, even in like the art style, how the characters are drawn. I feel like Boondocks falls like in the middle. It's not completely an American cartoon like uh, Simpsons or Family Guy. It's, it's definitely not that, but it's I would say it's kind of in between. Ultimately, it's not. Uh-oh. I mean, I feel the same way too. Like it was different, but... uh. It wasn't like a Family Guy or any other like like cartoon around that time. It was something different, and I think it was I think it meant more to me because it was more like seeing black characters. Like it, it wasn't often for me to see black characters in cartoon form where you know they were the main characters, they were the plot and everything, and like everything was focused around them. Like normally, like seeing black characters or black like it didn't like there was no like they were support characters. And as great as support characters are, it's it's important that it was important for me at that time to see that these characters were actually the main focus and a story written about them. <laughs> that that is a that's like very interesting point. Boondocks usually came on late at night during all the like anime time slots, and with anime, I'm just curious. This is like I said, one of our Black History Month segments. How do you feel overall about? I guess black representation in anime. Like, do you think it's something that? Uh, yeah, how do you feel about it overall? I'm just curious. Is it something um, you really care about, or not? You don't really care so much about. I mean, I I, I would say then that I didn't care about it because I was like, okay, that's just the way it is. But seeing it now and seeing how like black characters are becoming more more, more out there and they're not like rare. Like, I guess it was important not to say that, like, not to see, like, maybe I need to see somebody that looked like me in the form of a character to sort of, like, I wouldn't say relate more, but to feel like, hey, I'm a part of this or this or that we that we are out there. Because um, it just wasn't that it wasn't normal to see uh see, see black characters like you, you, you look at Dragon Ball Z, like you have Piccolo, which was green, but people think like maybe like this was like a black planet for black characters or, or you think of mr popo who was just this 
dark creature and just like is this is he human or not he didn't really have any lines like um just thinking then and seeing that like in 2005 we had black characters that were featured and it was part of something successful and that's something that's important that it was successful and not just you know hey i produce something it's black like watch it yeah that i i get it for me it at the time it I didn't care. I was indifferent about it either way. Um, I I went into anime with the kind of understanding that, like, for the most part, these are Japanese writers um, writing with their perspective of what they see. And people of color and Black people in general aren't, we aren't in Japan like that. And we're, we're a minor, minor, we're really a minority. Like, in the United States, we're a minority, but over there... Like we're really a minority, so it it wasn't something that I really cared too much about. My main concern was storytelling, but it was very nice to see. I guess during that time slot, like the Boondocks and this type of anime, but not anime show where it featured a lot of like black characters and black themes. That was something that I enjoyed overall. In in terms of like representation in anime, I think there are a few authors um, that like actually did try to, you know, do something about it and write black characters into their show. Um, I believe the writer of Soul Eater, um, there's a character in there named Killick. Um, I believe that's his name. But I I think that guy, like he intentionally created Killick to be like a, because he wanted to include some type of diversity in his show. So whenever a writer like does something like that, like kudos, I, I love it. I and it just doesn't have to be like a black character stepping outside of your role, like your comfort zone to include a character of any other, like of any other, I think ethnicity it I'll, I'll give the author or writer or whoever that was kudos. But yeah, I, I enjoyed boondocks for the most part for that back to the whole controversial part though. I do sometimes think it's a bit overrated. What? It's just just it, a little bit, my just a little, little bit. bit, you know. I mean, wait, what? The maybe I should wait until I talk about this. No, no, explain why, why you think it's a little overrated. Just to just give a brief overview, you know, because I, I talked about how it was nostalgia during that time. Like that was a way for like all of us to hang out and be cool. Why do you feel like it was overrated? First of all, there's some some like there's there were some stretches where the episodes weren't as funny as for me as everybody as it was for everyone else. Maybe that has more to do with me. Maybe it's one of those it's me not you type of things. Um, I will say, <laughs> shame. <laughs> shame. But one of the things I would say for me when I was watching it, hook, there were a good amount of episodes that kind of it kind of stung and it was like piercing like psychologically when you think about it once again going back to Aaron Magruder which is the writer for Boondocks he was making it seemed like he was making a critique of certain aspects of black culture yeah and although a lot of things were funny some of those things were kind of were kind of true and I don't think it was like yeah, it just wasn't something to, that I, in particular, was, like, very excited or proud of. Dang. Like, those t- things are, like, a very small, minute point. But 
yeah, that that kind of bothered me sometimes. I'm, but I'm, I mean, for yeah. me, like I liked it because like it was black actors moving into animation, and that's something that you don't see. Like like you have Samuel L. Jackson, uh, John Witherspoon, rest in peace. Like you know, like yes. they, were, they were big characters. Like and that's something. And Cat Williams, like characters you wouldn't think would do animation, and they had a role or or a character, and it was just interesting. And I was just like, word, like. It's a it's a it's a first not I don't want to say first because maybe there was something before but I might not have been nah there. I think Boondocks was the first right so it was yeah. it was the first where like you had like people like names actors who really held down roles and it it was successful like I don't think it was like oh uh, yeah the Boondocks is on like that's just for the black people it was a, it was something that everybody could watch yeah I don't want to jump the gun <laughs> but. I was just thinking about like the hateocracy and the hate that whole somebody hated it? Yeah. Who hated it? No, the the hateocracy, that was the group um that remember the guy in oh, season one yeah, there was yeah, that, yeah. that episode where his own crew of people that just hated everybody. Yeah. Yeah, that's the hateocracy. Dang. All right. I Bro, if you I think it's on YouTube. If you go and watch, that fight is a direct like like comparison or like overlay of Orochimaru fighting Sasuke in the yeah in the force of death of the tuning exam when you see that that fight in the boondocks was so dope (laughs) yo like how Huey was getting his ass beat (laughs) in the whole girl he's a a kid dog I don't think he realizes yeah he's a kid (laughs) And old girl was old girl had hands. I don't know who the voice actor was for the old lady, but she was fighting um oh, Riley. She's fighting Riley and beating Riley up. But at the same time, as she's like punching him, she's like talking trash. She's like, "Oh, I'm gonna whoop your back!" <laughs> and, she's, and you say it's overrated, bro. I know, but it's yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> I just have very mixed. I have very mixed feelings about the Bulldogs. Mm. Like I, I love it, but I, I'm just torn because it's problematic as well. You are the first person I've heard say that, so this is interesting. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, no. Express I, yourself. I, don't I, cover I, your face in shame. Express it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I just. I just think it's problematic because there's some people out here, like one of the things the Bulldogs does is it cleverly makes fun of ignorant people. Ignorant everybody. People. Those are ignorant people. You got R. Kelly in there. You got, uh, you got everybody. Like the, the chicken episode. The chicken episode. <laughs> KFC episodes. Episode. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> that was just it. It's just ignorant. But I, like, I watched that. Too. That was the going. funniest thing. I was like, man. People going crazy over chicken. But the funny thing like is, Popeyes true, came out. Exactly. I know Popeyes came out with that chicken sandwich I, in the same day. I almost got got into a fight over that. I was like, man, you better leave me my chicken sandwiches alone, dog. <laughs> I got the first round out, too. I was like, hey, dog, anybody touch me? It's an elbow to the face. I'm hopping in the car and going like, home. It's like, is this good? Is this good? This it doesn't seem good. I'm not going to lie. That Popeye's chicken sandwich was real good, y'all. It was real good. <laughs> but I think I think they changed the recipe. Anywho, back from <laughs> back, back back from my back chicken talk. We, we, we'll go to that later <laughs> when we're off camera. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I just think it was like it was very it was problematic at times. 
Although I love that. Very problematic at times. Mm. So yeah, look, I guess yeah, it's I overall to me it's yeah, it's pretty problematic. Nevertheless, I re- I really enjoyed it, bro. I I really enjoyed it. And I guess going off of that, look, we could I guess give a summary or talk about what our like favorite or maybe least favorite episodes have been throughout right. the four seasons they have. I guess for you starting off with season one, what's your like least and most favorite episode? Least favorite? Um, let's see. Um, uh, it would have to be Riley was here when he was uh, doing the spray painting murals and everything, and then the teacher was helping him out to be a better to be a better artist. Um, I just I, I don't know. I just didn't connect with it. It wasn't really cool to me. Maybe I'm just not a. It wasn't maybe I was just, just wasn't hit to it, but it mm. didn't didn't keep me. Yeah, I I can understand what yeah I can understand what you're talking about with that episode. Yeah, because uh, Riley was just a, a tag artist. What about your like most favorite? My most favorite guess who's guess who's guess who is, is who's coming to dinner? Uh, guess who's coming to dinner? I, I keep messing up on the name. Uh, that was my favorite. <laughs> All these names, all these episode names are so explicit. Hey, man, it'd be like that sometimes. Our podcast is listed as, as explicit, so it is what it is. We, either we do it or we don't. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, the reason why my favorite is just funny. It taught me what, I mean, sad to say, but it, it helped me learn what hoes were, even though, you know, I don't want yeah. Wait, uh, which, which episode was that? Episode three. Oh, because Riley, no, not Riley. It was Huey that said 20 to 25% of women are hoes. Do you agree? Oh, that's right. Or, or, or disagree with that? Mm. Hello? I'm, yep. What? <laughs> what do you mean? You, you going to answer? I, I, I'm just going <laughs> to drink my tea. I'm just going to drink my tea right Dang. now. Dang. I'm just saying from then to now, that, that probably number, that probably, the numbers probably jumped up since, uh, since I first watched that episode. You know, That was a modest number. That was a really good episode. Hot Girl though. Summer done made that number jump up high. <laughs> oh my God. I'm just going to drink. <laughs> you going to say nothing? Wow. It's going right. to be a lot of this happening. <laughs> I mean, I think they had, like, didn't, wasn't they singing like Kanye West? Like, I ain't saying she a gold digger. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, and then, like, whenever Granddad would take her out on dates, like, people run up, like, hey, this I'm on a formal date. This is. I'll hit you up later, though. I was like, dang. I'm kind of regretting this. <laughs> just, what you mean? The Boondocks is, the boondocks is just so ratchet. It's um, uh, it's going to might be a lot of controversy with the stuff we say. <laughs> what you mean? This podcast. You can't even answer the first question I gave you. Like, this, this I is bad. I can't, bro. But I will say this. Um, I do agree with you with that um, episode. I mean, guest host coming to dinner, that was pretty good. I want to say it was my favorite i one my least favorite was probably the very first episode so the garden party i I didn't really it was kind of like meh i mean it was the first episode introductory episode and i guess it set up the entire show for us where the freemans they are moving from like there they were like in chicago right in like this real bad neighborhood and they got moved out to a nice suburbs you know living it up yeah yeah, so they moved to the suburbs, and I, I would say it was my least favorite just because there wasn't too much going on. It just introduced us to all of the characters, which 
I mean, it has have really good like themes or they personify very interesting, I want to say, um, stereotypes or troops in in society. <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy. Yo, in episode one, he was like, "Yeah, man, the reason I like uh, who who is the who is the owner or the main person? I forget his name." Uh, Edward Wensler, he's like, he has the most money. So he's like, yeah, I love to come to these parties, you know, talk trash about people, see how horrible they live. And I'm just like, word, that's how they do it out here. (laughs) Yeah, that, that was pretty, that was pretty interesting. I would say my favorite episode was probably the Let's Nab Oprah episode. That was just... (laughs) To me, that was it was ridiculous, like from top to bottom. So like Rally, Rally in the show, he's like the archetype, or he he personifies, I guess that ignorant that, that ignorant cousin or family member you might have that like glorifies like hip hop culture and all the negative aspects of the culture, pretty wow. much. <laughs> so, so like him and um Ed, Ed and um. Rummy, I think, is his name. So they're like two criminal criminals in a the show. They're not and really I like criminals. how no, they are criminals. I mean, they were trying to help this man kidnap Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> <laughs> but I I love how they're written, bro. Like Ed and Rummy, like, first of all, they're like two criminals. They're trying to help Rowley like kidnap Oprah. And Huey is like, This is a bad, bad idea. Y'all shouldn't be doing this, blah, blah, blah. And one. They are so bad at being <laughs> criminals or bad at their jobs that like they end up kidnapping the wrong person. I think they kidnapped Bill Cosby. Yeah. <laughs> and they just and then they just took him back. Like, you know what? Like the sweet yeah. potato pops. <laughs> and we got introduced. Was that the very first time we got introduced to um the ah, what's the guy's name? The the martial artist. I forget his name. Um Oh, that was the first time we get introduced to Bushido Brown, which is like this this dope martial artist, and he's he beats the hell out of everybody, bro. He's the man wasn't playing no games, but like one, I I like that episode because something that was very interesting too, especially with the two criminal characters, which is like um, Ed and Rummy. So one, we have we have um Rowley. Rally is just like this ignorant like guy black character who like celebrates like all the negative aspects of hip hop culture and stuff like that. But then we have Ed and Rummy, and I think Ed is like he's a third generation like million millionaire. Like his great grand or his grandfather has like money, and Ed doesn't have to like rob and still do all these. Yo, things. Every time Ed gets caught, it was like you know what, Ed, you're good. Just keep moving. <laughs> exactly but i i love that because it shows like one of the things that the writer for the show like he's doing through Ed's character is just show he's showing kind of like a funny take on privilege like ed has that chain and i think he always gets like shot or something in the chain chain. (laughs) the chain like saves him with the w on it and every time they're about to get caught by the police they like let Ed and Rummy go because they can't believe like they're criminals. So I don't know. The whole episode was just hilarious. But yeah, that was probably my favorite episode or most funny episode to me of season one. 
and, and you know my favorite line is uh is is, is not the absence of evidence it's the evidence of absence i was just like oh that's a deep line dog it's like what, what does that mean <laughs> what do you think that means it's not the absence of evidence it's the evidence of absence and i was just like um it's not the fact that the... <laughs> i i still don't know what it means Explain it yeah, to me. I don't know what that means. I, I honestly, I don't know. I'm not even gonna sit here and pretend to know. I don't even know if it's deep. I was just like, "What are they talking about?" But that's something we could, you know. I'm gonna look up. I'm gonna look into that. <laughs> moving on to episode two, though. I mean, not episode two. Season moving two, on sir. to season two, well, which I might add, season two is where they had like the fight action scenes, where it's like they actually put in like nice scenes, like like in the first episode or die trying when they, when they try to sneak into the to the uh, movie theater, and you have uh, yes. um, uh, Uncle Ruckus fight, fighting Huey. Great scene. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then uh, episode and he, six. Oh, wait. What would you Huey, say? Huey, 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 that man, the man got hands. And yeah, we we talked about Riley's character and how he's like, he's that guy that like glorifies all the negative stuff about hip hop culture um, and all the like ne- negative stereotypes. But Huey is pretty much the opposite He's like very enlightened and he 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 reads and studies and knows what's going on. He's very educated on politics and those type of things. And he's like the responsible person that's like looking out for his family, but nobody listens to him. <laughs> but yeah, I guess what's your favorite or and least favorite episode in season two? Okay, my least favorite is episode 11 of season two, the, the, the S word, where... Uh... Where uh, Huey? No, it was it was Riley. He got called slow, and no, he got called the N word. And then, and then, <laughs> and that's when he was just like, he was like, and then he said something about being slow. And then they like like had like this big old fight. And you have the, the, the Rilo Goodlove come after him, like we're gonna get you millions of dollars, all this money. <laughs> that was the that episode was... with Ann, Ann Coulter, right? Yeah, yeah, which is interesting. Like they played off of her how. I, rem- I know like she walks in towards the end of the episode and she sees them and she's like real cool with good love and she's like what's going on and she- apparently she has like a black boyfriend yeah like, like they play off each other like yeah we just do this for all the pub all the pub pub and i'm just like dang I mean, yeah she asked him she was like, like did you get that check yet and she said did you get that check <laughs> i was like yeah but that's that's my least favorite one i, I don't know um, but my favorite episode from season two, um, probably would be, let's see, Tom Usher and I mean, Tom, Sarah and Usher. Like, that, that was just funny. <laughs> you know what? That's crazy. Go ahead. Tell me why. Cause you know, Tom thinks he's losing his wife to Usher. Um, I mean, probably is true, but Hey, whatever. But he hires a, a, a pimp named Slickback to bring her back. He's like, you know what? That's what's crazy. That's what I like because, like, you brought you got Cat Williams as a voice actor, and they brought him back from season one into season two. So they bring side characters back into previous to next season and stuff like that. And it was just funny how like Tom got trained up to be sort of like a, a, a dominant male, even though it didn't really work. Like he was just like, "Yeah, come back, sir, <laughs> bitch." <laughs> once once yeah. again, we enter it into problematic territory. <laughs> That, that, that's the boondocks dog it talked it, it made it out it put it out there like that uh toxic masculinity but no the crazy thing is that's my favorite episode too oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so tom for everyone who doesn't know tom is like so there's two kind of i guess black neighbors that they have in this 
um or there's All three white. black neighbors they have in this like very predominantly white like um neighborhood but um i guess yeah tom is i see you more more like a tom I, but tom yeah. is like tom is like is like an uncle tom like he's yeah, just exactly he's tom and uncle ruckus they're like opposite they're like two sides of the same coin yeah, he, like Tom's Tom's a, a, a Uncle Tom and, and uh, Uncle Ruckus is like a Sambo type character. He plays off the black stereotypes and hates on them. And Uncle Tom's like, oh yeah, he tries to play that that pitch perfect person, even though he's exactly. really not. Like I would say, Tom is like just naive, and he's naive, but he's very affluent. He's a lawyer, um, and or he's integrated into society in a different manner. He's very naive about like the position that many black people are in that aren't in his i guess tax bracket or on his level whereas uncle ruckus is just a self-hating like <laughs> he he glorifies and loves everything about like white culture and white people and he hates everything about like black culture and black people so they're like two sides of the same coin and that's i mean that's very good yeah that is that's dope but I, I don't know. I like that episode too. I would. I don't really have a least favorite episode for really? the season. Actually, maybe the story of like Thug Thugnificent. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just the whole Thugnificent thing. You did I, I just, <laughs> yeah, I just don't like no, Thugnificent that... and his whole storyline from season two on up to season three or four. I just didn't like it. What? A, cl- a close second. Thank you for not snitching. Oh my God. <laughs> Once again, this is an episode of, that I think Ed, Ed and Rummy was in. Yeah. But <laughs> you like you, the, so you, you like Ed and Rummy? No, I like Riley. When Riley, Ed, and Rummy are together, it's a bunch of like ignorance that I just love. And separate as Riley's the ones like, this doesn't make sense. They're like, no, no, no. It's totally like, worked. To me, <laughs> To me, it like exposes just the the worst parts of like black and white America and like wow. yeah, and our prejudices, um, and the prejudices that exist between black and white America. But yeah, basically in this episode, Raleigh, <laughs> like Ed and Rummy, once again Ed and Rummy, two white guys going around robbing everybody, taking everybody's stuff. And Riley, Riley, meanwhile, he's he knows they're doing it, but he's not snitching, and he doesn't snitch because, once again, it's a criticism of this idea. Don't snitch, culture that, girls. Don't snitch. Yeah, you can't be a snitch. But I don't. <laughs> I kind of disagree with like the definition of a snitch in this episode. <laughs> I, I really, yeah, I do. I do. I do. So we'll hold get up, to that. Hold up, no, no, you skip no, 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 no. You going, you going to dissect this now? Okay. So <laughs> in this episode, like Rowley thought snitching was basically he saw Ed and Rummy take something or steal someone's stuff, and he thought snitching is going to the police and informing the police about their like their activities. I don't think that's snitching. I think snitching is you participating and you participating in some activity or you you approving in some activity that's like nefarious or illegal and then so you get a lesser sentence or you don't get in trouble you throw everybody under the bus and you tell on them nah bruh it don't work like that like hook if me and you 
if we participate in something crazy, which would never happen, by the way, but if we participate in something crazy, like Takashi 69 was, where he was out here robbing, every, out here shooting people and rapping about gang culture, and then he goes to prison, and he snitches on every, everything, everybody that was with him at the time that he was doing like all these things. To me, that's a snitch. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's yeah, yeah man was like, oh, this is real jail time? Uh, I'm just let y'all know, man. I'm something, something Hernandez. I'm a good kid. I just want to make yeah. money. <laughs> yeah. Like, to me, man. that's a snitch. And I could I can never respect that type of person. Like when you when you join into a contract and you go participate in that type of stuff, and then you kind of like throw everybody under the bus because you the situation is no longer convenient for you. That to me, I can't respect that type of person, period. But in this episode, it's just like if you see a crime happen and that other people did, I think it's everybody's responsibility to try and help law enforcement out and, you know, report it. And um, Riley, he saw, he knew Anna Rubbing was stealing these people's stuff. But what's so great about this episode is that he didn't consider snitching until they stole his, like, they stole his Greg at that car. They stole his bike, right? Yeah, they saw his bike. He's like, wait, that's my bike. It's mine. <laughs> Hold on. Right. And yo, I, the way I think about snitching is like sort of I hear what you're saying, that makes sense, but the way I think about it is as long as it don't affect my people or who I'm rocking with, then you know, I ain't really see nothing. But yeah, that's different. I, once sense. again, once again, problematic. <laughs> once hey, again, it problematic. Is what it is. That's the way I was just because... talking. If it don't bother you, dog, don't worry about it. It's like, you, you putting so, problems on yourself. That's why I love and I have a love-hate relationship with Boondocks because it talks about why, I guess, in Black culture, we kind of have that or we're taught that way or have that kind of mindset because historically in this country, the police has never really given people who report crimes in our communities protection like they do in other communities. And I think it talks about like this one guy that reported stuff. And then it has this funny scene where he walks out of the police station. He's like, y'all not going to give me witness protection? They didn't. Nah, nah, you good. And he like gets, he gets shot he immediately. Out the door, dog. I was like, dang. See, this is why you don't snitch right here. Exactly. And then when, like, it was funny because they said, like, he didn't want to, like, report or inform on the guys anymore. And they arrested him for conspiracy. But it's stuff like that. It, it, I love it because the show, like it goes, it goes into it and they're very unapologetic about it. But just to put a button on that episode, I love how it ends where um, Ed and Rummy, they're like riding off with uh, Rally's bike. And it says, they say like, thanks for not stitching. They say, thanks for not snitching, you stupid motherfucker. <laughs> I'm just like, yo, that, that statement in and of itself was the perfect way to end it. That episode, <laughs> and yeah, it's even good. But season three, season three, season three made made jokes on everybody. They held nothing back. Season three, hook, my goodness. Season three to me was a kage level season. Once again, our rake, our raking system, um, we have level zero to five. It was level five kage level. It was a amazing season. It was really good. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the list now. I'm like, I can't see anyone that I didn't enjoy. Yeah. 
I'm not even going to talk about episodes that I did it. I did have an episode I didn't like in this season. Um, was, it, was, was it the last one? Yeah, I think it was the last one. The last one I didn't. It's funny how you like guess that. I, I just didn't rock with it. But there were so many good episodes from <laughs> beginning, from beginning to end this season, with the exception of the last episode. Last episode was palatable though. This season gave us bangers. It was the best season that like they had. Aaron Magruder, which is the writer, he did his thing. Like, what was your favorite episode? Yo, that episodes. Like, there's a couple. I mean, it's pretty much all of them. Uh, I, I, I know whichever one's my favorite one. I have, I have catchphrases for them. So it'll probably be the the the, the whole fundraiser one, where he, where he's That's going off saying "f everybody," "f that," same. "f the plane you came on." <laughs> <laughs> my Christmas black and my Lambo's blue. <laughs> what you <it's> like? <laughs> yes. So let's talk about it. That episode, first and foremost, it's about like Rally once again. Rally just getting this a guy out of control. He's a hustler. So what are the things I like? Like they went for it. They sell us chocolates at their school. <laughs> and Rally like wait. He's like, why all of us selling chocolates and we not getting no cut? Is going to all these charities. He's like, nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hustle and I'm gonna sell chocolates. And then Huey, because he's the enlightened one, Huey's like, I already know what's gonna happen and it's not gonna end well. And Raleigh's like, shut up. He's like, you always try to ruin the ending. He's a hater, nigga. <laughs> You're a hater. You're a hater. So yeah, basically Raleigh goes out and recruits all these people from the neighborhood that help him sell. And he becomes like this gangster, like pretty much all white. He decked out. I like yes. word all off a of candy. Yes, and they gave us one of the greatest, one of the greatest reads in TV history. Just to <laughs> set it up, Raleigh becomes this like huge mogul selling chocolate, <laughs> and um, oh, Cindy. I'm sorry, Cindy. She Cindy was dope. Cindy was the girl they went to when she caught some girls selling chocolate on her. Oh corner. yeah, she was she was the one. She was like, "Hey, I got to put you in your place. You on the wrong block." I was like, "This is this is real, dog. <laughs> All right, over chocolate. <laughs> All over chocolate." But yeah, Rowley like they the big bosses they come and they they shut down the operation, the main like company um that was selling us chocolate. And then they go to this hotel room and Rowley's he has his little coat. He's with Cindy because Cindy, she's the gangster. Cindy's the gangster. Yeah, um, and then you have you have you have Rummy and, and Ed. They also yeah, there with them they, too. They, <laughs> once again, and always up to no good. And what happens? The guy tells what he told he gave Rowley an ultimatum. He said, I want you to work for me. Yeah, he's either either you sit down or you lay down. I was like, Word. Like this yeah. is going boy. <laughs> Yeah, and Rowley's like, you know what? This sounds like a scene from out of the movie, out of a movie or whatever. <laughs> yeah, he has his own background noise. I mean, his own uh, voiceover in his head, like, what's, what's going down? He's like, all right. Yeah. And then he went for it. He said, although this ain't no movie, he gave him the greatest read that I've ever seen in a cartoon, in an anime. Maybe one of the greatest reads. It's top five that I've ever seen in television <laughs> history. Do you even remember everything he said? I don't remember everything. I just know he was like, F you. F the plane you flew in on. F them oh. shoes. F the socks oh. with the belt on it. F oh your gay fairy face accent. Oh F God. them cheap ass cigars. F oh your yuck God. mouth teeth. 
F your what? hairpiece, F your chocolate, Jeez, F Guy Ritchie, F Pre- Prince Ritchie, F the Queen. What? This is America. Oh my, my president's black, my Lambo's blue. And if I see you in the street, I'm slapping the shit out of you. I was like, oh, yo, it's the great, it's one of the greatest reasons TV history. And from that, the only thing you can do from that is escalate it, which is what they did. <laughs> it was a straight up shootout. It was perfect. It was a shootout. And gets shot and survives again. His little, his W chain. Yeah, he, he always gets shot. He's always flying out of the window. like, oh! <laughs> yeah, Dang. and Rowley and Cindy, they see people die and they freak it out. they just like, I don't want no parts of this. <laughs> it's all over candy, dog. <laughs> and then, I, you know, I'm not even going to say what happens at the end. But yeah, it, that episode was amazing. The stink meter episode with the hateocracy. <laughs> Yeah, you told me about that, about how like it was actually like, like the fight yeah. scenes were 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 good. I, I I love that episode because that episode did two things. So one, it's a it's an extension of something that happened in season one, which is um the granddad, um he basically killed this one blind guy or whatever in a fight. They got into a fight and by accident, like he killed him. But that was um because they were like fighting each other. It was an accident. It was totally uncalled for. Anywho, that's been like, that's been an ongoing storyline throughout season one, season two, and then season three. We found out this black blind guy has like three friends who've been rocking with him in a nursing home, and they're coming for revenge. And not only do they come and like they know like martial arts and everything, but they two of them go to the school, and they start fighting. <laughs> Huey and Riley at the school. And it's just these old people versus these young people. And Riley at first is like, what are these old people gonna do? And Huey's like, yo, you might want to chill out. All of a sudden they start getting in, they get into a fist fight. And man, it was it was amazing. I mean, you also forgot uh, um the guy with the afro, uh, I forget his name. You said it early. Oh, Bushido Brown. Exactly. <laughs> so they hired Bushido Brown for protection because these old people wasn't playing no games. And then it's like a one versus three fight. And I don't want to even give it away. I would just say it it was just an amazing episode. And what this that episode showed me, um, one, it was funny because they were like playing off of the whole like the like ninja moments, I guess you could say. Um, as well as like a continuation of the whole stink meaner um saga with his crew. But it showed me what uh, anime could be if like a bunch of black characters existed in it. Yeah, like those were some hardcore anime esque fights that they were having. So it was, <laughs> it was pretty dope. Yeah, also season three had, had like a date with the Booty Warrior. I love that one. Like the first oh, scene when you have Chris Hansen coming in. Chris Hansen came in. He's like, hey, I see you came here looking for sex. And the guy's like, Nah, I ain't come looking for little boys. Ain't got no milk, no cookies, nothing. I came from man's butt. <laughs> Chris Hansen's like, what? Man's butt? Like, he's like, you're like Chris Handsome to me. It's like, oh. <laughs> and all you see is like, so like, oh, I know who you are, Chris Hansen. And I see he calls you Chris Handsome. I watch you on TV show all the time. So you can go ahead, bring them cameras and police waiting outside. It don't make no difference. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I like you and I want you. And you can do this the easy Bruh. way or the hard way. <laughs> the choice <Bruh>. is yours. <laughs> And the next thing you know, his mind is like, I am a warrior. (laughs) 
bro, Hobie was like, I don't want no part. He was like, you. <laughs> he said, oh, I see you want to do this the hard way. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that introduction, that first scene. I, this season, they just went in. They was like, you know what? We don't care. We don't care what they going to do. <laughs> By the way, if you haven't seen that episode, that episode, just for context, it's um, Tom, which is the lawyer that we talked about. Um, his fear is going to jail, <laughs> going to jail, and when he's in jail, being like, y'all know the whole joke, don't drop the soap. His fear is like being raped by somebody in jail. So this episode kind of explains how he, quote unquote, overcomes that fear or is trying to overcome that fear. <laughs> and yeah, it is hilarious, bro. This whole season, we don't have enough time. Or maybe we do. No, nah, we don't. It just this whole season, <laughs> this whole season is amazing. I would say the greatest, the great thing about um, the Boondocks is it's episodic. So instead of serial, like each episode, you can kind of watch it on its own. It it could stand alone by itself. You just need to know you'll you'd appreciate it more if you know the characters and their like what they represent in their background. But you could go on YouTube and find these episodes and watch yeah. it. If, you, you can even find the scenes. Like the scenes are the funniest. But if anything, yeah. you gotta watch it on Hulu. Because uh, on the what is it, the eighteenth of 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 February is they're taking it off of Hulu. So who knows where they're gonna go? But if you got that chance, oh, you might want to watch it. So I think that's happening because HBO Max is launching soon, and HBO Max they secured Boondocks um, exclusively. Well, I might be getting so think, HBO Max. Yeah, that's launching in like April or May. Yeah, we may have to talk about that, you know, split a little subscription. Wait, wait. <laughs> you know, $15. I, $15. They ain't cheap nowadays. You know, they add up the Disney Plus, the Hulu, the, all these different subscriptions, you know, they get you every time. And here, season four, do you have anything to say about season four? To be honest, I didn't like season four at the time. And it was just it was wrapping a, up at that point. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and as some background, I think season four wasn't as good because um, Aaron Magruder was the original. He's the guy who created the Boondocks. So it started out as a comic strip. We kind of talked about that earlier. And he secured it. Like, I think Sony um, brought, bought, purchased it or helped him with it. And that's how it was turned into a TV show. And Aaron Magruder left. And I'm not sure of all the details, but he left at the end of season three. But they continued the show with season four. And like all good shows that lose its original mm-hmm. writers, I thought season <clears throat> four was just horrible. <laughs> just horrible. Sorry, sorry, Game of Thrones. You, same thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, and well. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, season four was something that uh, I, I don't really remember like that. Like I watched it. Like if I had to pick one, I'd probably be like, be like season, I mean, episode three with the Breaking Granddad. It was like, like the break off of, mm. of, 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 of like the breaking bad one but that's that's about it uh everything else i just yeah. looked over and was like eh. yeah I don't, I don't know season four just didn't exist <laughs> it just i don't season three was just like the exist. peak and it's just like why you should just left it at that man so what do you think allegedly they're trying to bring it back um do you think they can bring the show back or you think it do you think they should bring it back or do you think it should like just they should just leave it alone. Well, well like the voice actor for, for Granddad, he passed, so I'm I don't know. Like 
I don't know. I feel like the, I feel like just out of respect that they should just leave it alone. Yeah, that's a good point. John Witherspoon passed away, so I I think they should leave it alone. To me, it's I I want us it's almost impossible in my opinion for them to continue it without John Witherspoon's voice as granddad because he was a very pivotal member of the cast. Yeah. But but but, but he and Riley have that the same voice actor. So that's this just one true. person. So I mean and, granddad and, is but important. Granddad. Though. Yeah, granddad is important. He's literally his voice, how he reacts, like you can't you need that. But I don't know if they could continue it without him. Honestly, I think they should just leave it alone as a show. I enjoyed it. It was a good ride. Overall, we talked about this already. It's not an anime. But how would you rate it on our scale? Give me a second. I have to I, look at I would, it. Honestly, I, I would rate it. I think it's a joning level show. I'm not going to say it's... Um, yeah, it's joning. It's not signing or um, Kage. <laughs> Um, I think it's a joning level show. Yeah, I think it's a joning level show. One, because it's really good. And it gave us like a Kage level season, which was like season three. Season three was almost perfect. It it doesn't get any better than that. Um, Season one and season two had some moments that dropped off. But I think those were like tuning or above. Um, Season four was definitely like Academy level. And I think that's ultimately what keeps it at that joning range and it doesn't like move up into like the rare era signing and i would say kage like other cartoons like avatar i think avatar is up there but um avatar the last airbender that's what i'm talking about I, i'm but, a little hurt there i mean i i was planning on giving giving like like, like a kage level but season four sort of wow. took it for me so i'm gonna have to drop it to like a sonian level because uh if you, i could watch those episodes every day and and not miss anything i'm like yeah I could watch and would not be mad. Like, I feel like if I could watch it over and over again, it's something I can watch. I I got to put up there. Like, if season four wasn't as mad as it was, I it'd be it'd be like it'd be at 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 the like the Kage level. But maybe I I just find the show. It's you you really, really have a hard time giving these, these shows high levels. Like, I, well, you you keep them really low. You like I got to keep them modest. I mean, and it's not bad to be in Joni. I think that's very hard to do. What? But the show to me. The show to me is like problematic <clears throat> because Aaron Magruder, he, I loves what he does. He he does what South Park does, but he's a lot more. It's a lot more powerful, I think, when Aaron Magruder does it. Like he attacks different aspects of black and white culture, and he's unapologetic with it. It's like a stand-up comedian and cartoon form. He's unapologetic. And what the show really forces you to do is it has its funny moments, but it has some very like shameful moments when you think about it, how society runs and how society operates. And the reason like it's problematic to me is like the use of the N word is is not really positive. It's not a, it's not all positive, although there are some positive points in it. It's not really positive. Damn. Um, but I I'll give it a joning level all right well, well just to let you know that uh they're coming out with the season five and it's gonna be on on, on like like hbo match max so he's already been he's already scheduled to have two seasons for 24 episodes and a 55 minute special so he's already will it, and he and he's will it be aaron magruder yes okay 
<laughs> I'm good with that. I'm good. So you you might have a chance to change your little rating level there. You know, you did rate a little low. I mean, it will have to be an amazing season five and six to erase season four. Yeah, but season three was just hit upon hit. Like I, I can't think of a bad episode except for the last one, really. Yeah, it was it was good. Well, I'm glad they're coming back though. It'll be interesting to see what they do now that you know John Witherspoon is gone. Nevertheless, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks to all you kings and queens for listening. To get more of the Wakanami Nation podcast by your boys, Isagi and Hook, join the nation by hitting that subscribe button and check us out on Twitter and the gram. Peace. Sing a song full of the faith path, the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. Facing the rising sun of our new day begun, let us march on till victory.